Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 410, June 25th, 2020. It was 98 degrees was the high on this day in 1934, and it was as chilly as 46 degrees in 1957, one year after Aquasite was founded to keep your beaches free of weeds. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Hi there. Hi. 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 Uh, you, know what that, you know what that just reminded me of? Our very first podcast. I believe that's what you stated when we started hi there. recording. Hey, hi. Hi there. Hi. Hi there. I'm like, what? What is he doing? Uh, I got to find that. See if I can get through this. Uh-oh. The relatives of a suspected COVID-19 patient in India... Allegedly unplugged his ventilator. Oh no! I saw. To use an air, to use the air conditioner. Oh, well. At a sweltering hospital, killing him, according to reports. The unidentified patient, a 40-year-old man at Maharaho Bimshingshing Hospital in Kota, in northern India, was admitted uh, into an ICU unit, ICU unit on June 13th. As doctors <laughs> bleep. I'm sorry, he had contracted the bug. The Indian Express reports. Two days later, the man was transferred to an isolation ward as a safety precaution since another ICU patient tested positive for coronavirus. <clears throat> the man's relatives then took an air conditioner to the hospital as, as daytime temps reportedly topped out at 106 degrees. And then they allegedly unplugged the ventilator after not finding an open socket to cool down the room. Hospital staffers had deactivated uh, air conditioners uh, in an effort to curb uh, the spread of COVID-19. The ventilator had a backup battery, but the man's relatives didn't tell doctors or nurses that they unplugged it. An investigation into the incident is now underway, said Dr. Navin Sexina. We have set up a committee with the deputy superintendent of the hospital, and uh, we're going to get to the, the bottom of this. Uh, it's, the, a, uh, it's a horrible the ventilator's battery ran out of power about 30 minutes after it was unplugged. So, uh, right there's a there's <clears throat> there's a lot to unpack here, isn't there? Uh, I'm picturing the um, the scene in a Christmas story where he plugs in the lamp and it's got you know 500 different things plugged into one socket. Yeah, I'm picturing that first and foremost. <laughs> but who made the executive call in the fam? Boy, she's she's heating up. We gotta we gotta bring our air conditioner with us. Oh, we'll just carry it in. We can get it in there. Poor guy. Yeah, it's terrible. But uh, mm-hmm. the the cartoon bubbles are so extraordinary that how do how do I not pass that? Up? I can't pass that. No, up. that needs to be brought up. Yeah. Uh, I, to me, more amazing than than unplugging the poor fellow's ventilator is that they actually brought an air conditioner <laughs> to the hospital. Sure. Uh-huh. Well, I don't think be- you could do that here. 
Well, and you would think that the hospital would have its own air conditioning, but I guess obviously not. They said they turned it off to they thinking thinking that might slow the spread of the virus in the hospital. Sure. Now I can. That's amazing. Uh-huh. I I, uh, I have synchronicity here because I have an email uh, from a fellow called uh, Air Conditioners. Uh, where is it? I'm well, going to find it. Really quick, I want to ask this question of the four of us. Um, if we were in that circumstance and our significant others were a little sweaty, I think we'd be four for four, and they would also probably unplug us to plug in the air conditioner. I think so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Mayor, we need to talk about more important issues coming up. Remember the toilet paper shortage. Well, central air conditioners is what's short right now. I just... I, I, just took myself out of the email. Let me get it right back. No this one is, is talking about it. So, no one is talking about it. So you can break the story if you want. Let me know, and I'll get you context to confirm this story. Due to COVID nineteen, there is a shortage of central air conditioners. HVAC contractors throughout the Twin Cities are having a hard time finding air conditioners to install. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, Perfect to time. customers that want to buy them. All the major brands are experiencing major shortages, especially the size of two, two and a half, and three ton units. You might want to plug your hardware store sponsor right now for window and floor units. That would be Fratelloni's Ace Hardware, where Kenny got an air conditioner. That's right. This might be a very bad month for the residential HVAC industry that collects a major chunk of its annual revenue during these months. Uh, And that's all I'm going to say. He doesn't want me to use his name. He's very sensitive about the air conditioning world, apparently. And I'm gonna I'm gonna keep him out of it. But his uh, it's his first name is Jim, and and I I trust him as a reliable source because uh, I I've recognized uh, some things about his email. So I didn't know that uh, HVAC units are uh, are in uh, interesting. short supply. And bad news for me because my central air unit went out late last fall, and that's why I have two window units and a floor unit going right now. Yeah. I never had air conditioning uh, until, until where we live now. Well, when you grow up in a sod hut, where are you going to put it? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, you know? And people would come over and unplug something from my one outlet and plug their own thing in. Because people would bring their own air conditioner to the hut. <laughs> Say, uh, I We're going to go keep, visit the sutures, bring the air conditioning. I, I tried to, try my best to look for positivity, and I think I found some in the idea that we're going to get particles of dust from the Sahara Desert in Minnesota any day now. And uh, oh, the pos- wow. well, well, the positive part is none of us have ever had a physical connection to the Sahara Desert. No. This unites us with our brothers and sisters in the Sahara Desert. Uh, we might choke to death but uh it's a that one, happening that's a plume of dust blown out into the atlantic from the western sahara is making its way across the atlantic and heading for north america while this in itself is not unusual the overall scope and severity of this might be it's massive you can see it from space and mm. it's it's so massive that it could get to, to us to us right here in Minnesota, we could go outside wow. and stick out our hand and, and, and kind of get, get some, some grit in our hand and realize that came all the way from the Sahara Desert in Africa. I think that's kind of neat. Sue? Who can I well, sue? You can't use Keith Ellison. He's too busy suing big oil. Because, <laughs> boy, did he nail it on the head. He really found what Minnesota, Minnesotans are most concerned about. Yeah, so he's going to take, right take on big oil. Keith, did you give up your car? 
Yeah, phony. <laughs> Every product, Keith, you and I couldn't live for a week without the products that result from petroleum. Uh, but suddenly, it's a very, it's a real uh, opportunity for grandstanding and to waste of your tax dollars. The, this case, hopefully, will go nowhere. I drove by the. Is, is it the Cook or the Coke? Refinery last Coke. night on fifty two. Let's call it Coke. And and the first thought that came to mind. That's after, who he's suing, by the way. That's what I mean. And the first thought that came to mind when I drove by that place actually was on the way home from a great tomball game down in Cannon Falls. If you guys oh want God. to hear more about it, but there there were hundreds of guys there working. You know, and this was eleven o'clock at night. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, let's put all these people out of jobs, Keith. That's a really great idea. We've got a, a very a very solid GLer who works at that. Uh, plant. Oh, we do. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Justine's husband, actually. Oh, cool. We all know oh, Justine. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Our it's caramel 6, maker. 6,000. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, Mark, it's 6,327 miles from here to the Sahara Desert. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to get some of the dust. And uh, depending how much and when, a tremendous uh, sunsets and sunrises. As it gets shaded, the, wow. the colors get shaded. This is more proof, Joe, of what you always say. We have no control over what nature wants to do. No. Nature does what it wants to do. Yeah. The dust cloud is now cloaking the Caribbean and closing yeah. in on the south, uh, southeastern United States. And it's astonishing for what it's doing. It's, it's wiping out visibility in the Caribbean. Did they build well, like a Santa tracker to be able to follow it? Or how do you know where it's at? What does uh, uh, there's that, a, we have a thing now, uh, Chris? They're called satellites. Well, okay, I just didn't know if what, there was a. <laughs> what does that little sassy face Greta Thunberg have to say about this? Oh. Is this the end of uh, the world? Is this I good? Is this I bad? Boy, sassy I bet uh, I bet she's cheering on old Keith though. I bet she's cheering on our old uh-huh. Keith Ellison. He claims that well, they lied to us. What they lie to you about, Keith? Well, we didn't know it harmed the climate. Well, Keith, uh, the climate has always changed, always will. You could, uh, you could shut down all the petroleum industries in the world right now. It ain't going to change a thing. Ain't going to change one damn thing. But he's in there for himself, and he's in there to grandstand. He's, what, wouldn't you think the prosecution of Chauvin would be uh, yeah. commanding all of his attention? This is a pretty big deal to take on. So I, I, I guess I'm, I'm not getting much response from you uh, morons that the <laughs> Saharan dust is a, is a positive. It's a positive. It's a positive. I, uh, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I do I'm know one sure. thing. I, I finally sure. figured out what the deal is with Ellison, and it didn't occur to me until we had all these press conferences during the rioting. He's about as tall as Mickey Rooney. Yeah, he's not a big guy. Yeah. I, is that... I don't know if that's apropos of anything. That builds up a lot of anger in certain guys. <laughs> little man syndrome, Kenny. Well, uh, you don't see it in a lot of guys, but every now and then you'll you'll find one. Um, um, maybe he's in law, or maybe he's in management. Uh, maybe uh, I knew broad, it. Broad, I, was, I had the clock. I had the <laughs> clock rolling, and I was waiting to see how long it was going to take him to get there. <laughs> Took me a while, but <laughs> <laughs> I made good on my threat yesterday to go to the state capitol to look at all of the statuary how's she looking yeah. well i got a lot of guys named newt and johnson and olson and, <laughs> and uh but you know i suppose people could find leif erickson problematic because he was uh, what one of the first europeans to get this far yeah well my point is do you have a plan walls uh, now walls promised the state of minnesota consequences 
for the people involved in pulling down the statue of Christopher Columbus. Well, that's more than two weeks now, and there has been no consequences. And according to the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, the investigation continues. What in God's name is there to investigate? You have the whole thing from start to finish on film. It was almost done as though it was planned to be filmed. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It had a certain element of theatrics to it. You're right. Our old friend Bruce Gordon, who speaks for the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, says the investigation continues as the BCA works to identify other participants in the incident beyond the leader. But doesn't before the rest of the stuff gets wrecked, you should make a statement about this. And it won't it won't it won't happen. There there has been no arrests. And uh I, I don't anticipate that there will be. There is a process to go through with the Capital Area Architectural and Planning Board, which is in charge of statues around the Capitol. And that's who you go through if you want to bring down Floyd B. Olson for some reason. But you can Google statues at the Minnesota State Capitol and you can get your own summary of what all the things that are there. Yes, Uh, whoever was speaking. That was me in this same story, Joe, uh, if you saw it in the paper. Uh, we were led to believe that the folks that tore it down said they've tried through normal channels to do this continuously, right, but there's right. never been anything filed with no, that they, group. That, that, that's called a lie. We we covered yeah, that it, when it came down. They're lying. They haven't yeah, uh, gone through. Uh, haven't done a darn thing. No, no. And that came from the head of the Capital Architectural Board who said, well, I can find no evidence since I've been here uh, mm-hmm. that they've ever, uh, they've ever uh, done anything like that. So... Whatever happened to it? Where'd it go? I don't know. Boy, do you want a ray of hope? Please. I, I told sure. you, I'm doing a good job with uh, Positive <laughs> no, Thursday. Me, yeah, we're 12 minutes in. No, <laughs> pat you on the back here. Well, listen to this one. Howard uh, Clary's writes, An acquaintance of mine from high school has taken it upon himself to save the statue of Theodore Roosevelt that currently stands in front of the Museum of Natural History in New York. My friend and I grew up in western North Dakota, very close to Medora, North Dakota. Teddy spent a good number of years living, hunting, and ranching near Medora, as well as being involved with law enforcement. He always spoke affectionately of the area and is closely associated with North Dakota. My friend has written Bill de Blasio asking for the statue, offering to foot the bill to move it from New York City to Medora. If he's successful in his query, there will be a GoFundMe set up to help offset the cost, much of which he is proposing to finance on his own. I'll be, I'll be contributing should the request be granted. The letter uh, below is a copy from his Facebook page. I'm not including his name or information to protect his privacy. But this is the fellow trying to acquire it. I've recently learned that the Theodore Roosevelt statue at the entrance of the Museum of Natural History is going to be removed. I am willing to finance the removal and transport the statue to the Theodore Roosevelt National Park near Medora, North Dakota. Please contact me, and then he provides his phone number, to to discuss details for the move. I hope he's successful, Howard Dotes. I'll keep you posted. Better yet, I will tag my friend and have him let you know directly. Uh, if a GoFundMe campaign does get established, based on my research about not only the statue, but the sculptor who created it, I will also contribute to that GoFundMe page. It's a statue worth saving. Uh, I, bet you, I bet you we know a truck driver or two, Vic, mm-hmm. Josh, that mm-hmm. would uh, drive a rig out and back. And uh, what what... I, I happen to believe 
that de Blasio is, a, is such a, uh, what's the word I want? A bastard? Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> works. Some bitch. Some bitch. Some uh, bitch. Uh, that he won't acquiesce to this, which would be a shame. Uh, why shouldn't it belong in the Theodore Roosevelt National Park? Wouldn't that be a perfect place for it? And and if uh, if if the woke left says, well, we'll give it to you, but you must also incorporate a plaque finding why we find this disturbing. Well, okay, put that with it. But it was a Winona artist who created it, and uh, it's a it's a wonderful wonderful tribute to Theodore, and his African friend from his one year tour of Africa, and his Native American friends from his touring of the country. And uh, I guess what we're supposed to be woke about we're so woke is that Theodore's on his horse, so of course he's above the African man and the Native man. I guess that's what we're finding disagreeable, although uh, we have no evidence at all. That that was the intent of the sculpture uh, sculptor whose name is escaping me is from Winona. Uh, help me, boys. Uh, help me. Just Google uh, Winona. No, Google Tor. Three name guy. Theodore yeah. Roosevelt, and you get uh, George Plimpton Larson. <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Here we go. Equestrian statue, James Earl Frazier. James Earl Frazier. That's it. <clears throat> and you've all seen his most noted work. I think it's called End of the Trail. Yep. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece. Yeah, so thanks for, thanks for that email, Howard, and I hope it works out for your friend. And uh, count me in if it gets to a GoFundMe situation. I'll send you a dollar. Couple bucks. Couple bucks. I'll send something. A couple bucks. I think that statue should be saved, uh, just as I think kids should be swimming on weed-free beaches. And boy, are we hitting a stretch of swimming at the ooh, lake. Ooh, but ooh. the next ten days, it looks like, mm-hmm. and Aquaside is there to help you. They get rid of the the lake weeds, the uh, uh, vegetation. How you have algae? no idea what it is. They'll get rid of the algae. Okay. Uh, their products are easy to use. They work right away. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR. They're safe for you, the the fish, your family, the record-breaking cutthroat trouts. Don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside. It's a white bear company. They're local because we own Highway 61, right? Right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll help you identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. You can call them at one 800 328 9350 or go to aquaside.com uh there is really no need to let that swimming beach be overtaken with weeds here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life joe Souchere. you know it kind of occurred to me, and I don't have the phrasing down yet because it just occurred to me, but we're GL here, the program, is kind of just a quasi, for lack of a better word, dating service where we hook GLers up with GLers. We do. Yeah. I mean, the first line of my copy for Aim High is longtime GLer Chris Miller. And you start thinking about it, and all of our clients, everybody that, that we advertise with, they're all longtime GLers, and then the GLers flock in, and it's so cool. And uh, Chris Miller is one of them. He just jumped on board last last week. He's the owner of Aim High Construction. I've already to put put him to 
work at my place. He's going to get you whatever you need around your place, a roof, a kitchen, a deck, a garage, whatever you need. Uh, And along with his crews, Chris and his project manager, Keith, who I also met, they can do any job that needs doing remodels restorations new construction uh, design con- consultation they're helping me with my kitchen uh, if you're thinking about redoing your uh, your basement or your bathroom same deal they were out to my joint last week three estimates uh, for three jobs i'm having done before i get the hell out of this town aim high construction they're a full service construction company and like all of us glers obsessed with quality craftsmanship and honest service if you need help or if you're thinking about a project uh find them on the web it's a long one but it's all one word joe aimhighconstructionmn.com again that's aimhighconstruction.com no, no, no. I already screwed it up. Take, Did you read the two, dash? Did you read the take dash? Two, take two, dum-dum. Aimhighconstructionmn.com. Click on that and uh, say hi to Chris for us. Well, John, I don't know. You might even agree with me on this. Maybe not. Uh, if it's not a ray of hope, I find it entirely satisfying that Trump is promising to crack down on people destroying the nation's oh, statues. I, yeah. I think it's, I, I, I I think it's it fantastic. For that reason. Yeah, well, I even repeat it in your news. And, okay. and you have to wonder, how would Hillary be acting right now? Or wouldn't any of this be happening? In an email, Marshall's Service Assistant Director Andrew C. Smith wrote that the agency has been asked to immediately prepare to provide federal law enforcement support to protect national monuments throughout the country. The subject line of the message indicates indicates it is an attorney general assignment suggesting it came from Barr. smith wrote this is a challenging assignment due to the breadth of possible targets for criminal activity according to cnn the marshals are being called up as a part of a major effort by the administration to bolster security around national monuments and they are expected to begin their work before the end of the week good the Daily Wire noted that unarmed National Guard troops will also be sent to monuments around Washington, D.C. to assist the U.S. Park Police. I think this is fantastic. Walls, do you have a plan? Because you know that way, you know, a couple of weeks ago on that Friday night, it, it didn't really work out for you. Right. Because you didn't have a plan. <laughs> and it's not going to, if you don't have a plan, you're not going to get away with reacting to the destruction of the Capitol grounds. And, and what happened in Madison the other night should alert everyone that this has nothing to do with aggrieved, oppressed people striking back at those who oppressed them. The Marxists in Madison took down uh, General or Colonel Haig, Christian Haig, who was a Union soldier, uh, notoriously anti-slavery. They didn't even know what they were doing. And they also took down forward uh, the beautiful bronze woman with her right hand raised and her left hand clutching the American flag, commissioned by a woman, paid for by women in 1893. So nothing is safe. As I was looking at the stuff at the Capitol, it occurred to me that there's nothing to prevent someone from taking down the statue of Floyd B. Olson because these people are destroying the country. That's their motive. They have no other motive. So Walls... Please have a plan, not a retroactive plan. Uh, Let's see. 
President Trump warned Tuesday that those found damaging federal property, such as monuments, would be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, tweeting, I have authorized the federal government to arrest anyone who vandalizes or destroys any monument, statue, or other such federal property in the U.S. with up to 10 years in prison per the Veterans Memorial Preservation Act or other such laws that may be pertinent. He added, this action is taken effective immediately, but may also be used retroactively for destruction or vandalism already caused. There will be no exceptions. Uh, And then he also tweeted, very sad to see states allowing roving gangs of wise guys, anarchists, and looters, many of them having no idea what they are doing, indiscriminately ripping down our statues and monuments to the past. Some are great works of art. But all represent our history and heritage, both the good and the bad. It is important for us to understand and remember even in turbulent and difficult times and learn from them. Knowledge comes from the most unusual of places. Well, I'm going to tip my hat to him there, Johnny. I'm mm-hmm. tipping my I hat agree. to him there. I that's, agree. that's fantastic. We need that voice of authority and a voice of reason. And uh, it's about time we heard it. But Walls, what? have a plan, Walls. But why should... And I agree with you. I think it's great that the president is doing that. But why should that feel odd? You know, everybody, all of the governors in this should be doing the exact same thing. Right. It feels odd because you're not hearing it. You're only hearing it from him. Right. And we did the other day. It was, uh, I can't remember her name, the gal who uh, pointed out that I inadvertently stumbled on the origins of Trump derangement syndrome. Uh, Her name was Martha. No, no, it was not Martha. <laughs> it was Martha Floyd uh, Olson. And, and it, it comes from the fact that uh, people on the left are not accustomed to a guy like Trump calling it as he sees it. Because there's nothing, there's nothing that he's careful about. He's not woke. They're, they're unaccustomed to having to deal with that kind of power and authority. Uh, much of it misused, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> much of it. I'm trying to be quiet. I know. I know. But but in this case, you know, I'll take oh, it. You've got to agree with them. Yeah, you have to on this. I, I, Joe, I what's wish... your line? Go ahead. Uh, when you're done, though, I've got something for you. What do you mean, <laughs> what's my line? Oh, uh, your line, um, you learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Is that how right. it goes? That's right. So uh, I was surprised to learn just a few minutes ago that there's a... You learn more people's... here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's... I didn't, I didn't know there was one in St. Paul because I've always thought the only one we had was on Penn and 55 Olson Memorial Highway. There are two Floyd Bjornstern Olsons in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. Huh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and you got a Newt Nelson, you got Leif Erickson, you've got a War Memorials, you've got you had Columbus. Uh, oh, I I don't have the full list in front of me, but they're all they're all standing with the exception of Columbus. And what we this state needs the reassurance of the governor that he's got this covered. And uh, thankfully, at the national level, Trump does that. You, you can't, all, all this tearing down does is lead to a cultural revolution, and then you don't have a culture. Uh, here's a pretty good note from Scott Matura out in Montana. He, yes. sees, he sees windmilling here. Many, many great GLers have been weighing in, as always, but particularly in recent weeks. Much has been said regarding the fact that protesters, Black Lives Matter, far left, Mysterians, just plain anarchists, are so gaslighted by their own directionless ambitions that they can't see the forest for the trees. I think it's important. I just took myself out of it again. Here I go. I think it's important to take notice of something that may be getting overlooked. 
Intentional or not, history is being erased. Sure, it started with the Confederate flag, then moved to unapologetic slave owners. Then we saw it move to generals who fought in support of their freedom. And now we are seeing the condemnation of anyone of prominence during a specific time in history. It has apparently moved to anyone who lived in an era they deemed to be sympathetic to slavery, repression, and colonialism. They are so blinded by their political correctness and wokeness that they do not realize that they are simultaneously doing something so detrimental they may never recover. They're erasing their own history. They have allowed those that would have them believe they are destined for repression, no matter what they do, to take their very own history from them. Soon they will have no story to tell. If no one will be able to talk about Confederate generals or presidential slave owners, then what would ever be the significance of ever again learning about, say, Harriet Tubman or Rosa Parks? What would have been so important about Booker T. Washington or Martin Luther King Jr.? After all, history is erased. So why are these historic black men and women important to know? The very piece of life that has made them heroes no longer exists. It never happened. So what are we left with? At some point, when someone more woke than you reference slavery, will a, will a legitimate question not be, what slavery? Show me the proof of slavery. They are so focused on one aspect of our past that there will be no more proof that such a dark time in history ever occurred. What then? Slavery and racism will become no more than a philosophical idea to be debated at cocktail parties with no proof as to whether it has ever been implemented or not. Pushing back an honest-to-God truth is, I as I completed this email, the ice cream truck came down the street, kids went running, and it was in America I still recognize. Scott Matura out in Montana. I think he's got a point. Yep. You are, if you erase the history, then then you legitimately will have future generations saying, what slavery? What are you talking about? The books, the books will go, the memorials will go, the Confederate flags will go, the Confederate general statues will go. Everything will go, and no one will have any idea what happened. Yes, John? Are the Confederate general statues history? I, I, they were tributes at a time and put up to intimidate people. That's the problem I have with those statues. Uh, they were put up in the 30s and 40s when... Uh, people in the South thought that black people I've, were getting too many I've rights. I've got something for that. Let me look it up first to uh, confirm what I'm thinking. But um, John, I would know, not want them destroyed. I would not want them destroyed, but I'll, I would certainly be agreeable to fuller explanations with them. Hmm. Interesting. And say but, why? And even even including what you're just insisting, these were put up to intimidate African Americans in the 1930s. Uh, 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 then you'd have to be, you know, come up with your nevertheless, or they all have to end up in a museum or something. Just get them out of public. Yeah, I would want. prefer that. Yeah. Maybe even a history museum mm -hmm. of some sort. But then they, that will be the next target, wouldn't it? If everything is then moved well, to a history museum, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be. I think that makes Scott's point even, you know, more. Keep that history. You have to learn the history. Uh, but I don't see how a statue in the town square celebrating Stonewall Jackson keeps the history. I, I don't get that part. Not I, I agree with all the stuff here, but, you know. Well, not that she ever played a significant public role in American life, but mm -hmm. uh, the sculptress uh, Miner, who did the forward in Wisconsin, if they don't mm -hmm. reinstall that statue... There's no reason for history to ever remember her. Right, She'll but be gone. I, 
is that statue analogous to, say, a Stonewall Jackson? No, of course not. No, statue? but I'm saying no. when you get rid of history, that you're going to get rid of the good and the bad. Yeah, well, I think the people getting rid of you know all that stuff are nuts. They're yeah. crazy, like the Wisconsin people. That's I what I'm no talking about. That. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but w- when we're talking but, Southern generals, which because Scott's letter brought that in, I, okay, I, you know. okay, I've I've got it, and okay, okay. Uh, it goes along exact with exactly what you're talking about. But it's not Stonewall; it's Longstreet. Are you guys familiar with Longstreet? He was literally Lee's right hand man and one of the best generals Lee ever had. But there's a noticeable absence of Longstreet statues, save for just a few in the southern United States. You know why? Why? No, because after the war, uh, Longstreet, uh, he settled down in uh, New Orleans in that area, and he, was, he spoke out in favor of Reconstruction. He became a Republican. He endorsed Ulysses S. Grant, and the Southerners reviled. They hated him. And so by punishing him, they didn't put up any monuments to him. Huh. So that in itself is sort of proof that these statues are, you know, questionable. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, That's it's fascinating. I discovered yeah. that by accident a few days ago, and I'm actually quoting here from uh, an article that was put out in 2017. Well, you're, what you're doing is providing us learning more here by accident than elsewhere by design. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, the Civil War to me is just fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, really is. I told you I wish my man Brother Bus was still alive because he was a national, nationally known civil rights scholar, uh, civil rights, uh, civil war scholar. I would love to talk oh. to him about some oh, of this stuff. I could geek out with him for hours oh. and days oh, yeah. and yeah. weeks. <laughs> yeah, he really, he really enjoyed teaching us about the Civil War. It was fantastic. Do you think kids even get that in school anymore, teach, learning about the Civil War? That's a good know. question. I would hope so. But yeah, You know what? I should ask my 20-year-old what he knows about it. Mine aren't old enough yet to be, uh, to, to, to be learning about that, but I'm, I'm not time sure. Frame, time frame-wise, they don't know because uh, my kid and I have talked about it. He's 24. He had no concept of when it was. He knew what it was. Really? He had no concept of when. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Well, he does now. That's a good step. Yes, he does. He does now. now. Say, with the additional stay-at-home orders the governor hasn't really lifted yet, they're kind of changing the way they sell cars. It smells countryside. Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat in Maplewood, southeast uh, corner of Highway 61 and 36. You call. You get your own personalized sales appointment. But first, go to the website and check out the 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens, because right now, 0% interest for 72 months with a 120-day payment deferral for Volkswagen vehicles, including the Atlas Crossport, and 0% interest for up to 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles. It's all on the websites. Go to SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, SchmelzFiat.com. Do your due diligence. Pick out the color, the style, the the whatever vehicle you need or you think is best for your family, call Schmelz. They'll have it waiting for you. They'll have it waiting for your inspection. 651-243-4316. Schmelz Countryside is a multi-generational dealership. This is their only store. It's been where I've been purchasing cars for many, many years and will continue to. Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood.
University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Guess what, fellas? Huh? Happy hour is back. I got a text from Todd up at 30 Bales. He said, hey, Reeves, uh, they are now taking all forms of reservations online, by phone, and if you walk in, we will also take an in-person reservation. Happy hour is back in full force. Tuesday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. That, of course, means, nice. you know, a lot of $5 menu items and f- and $3 tall boys. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're talking about 30 Bales Restaurant, downtown Hopkins. Todd and Tom, the longtime owners of that establishment, and a lot of you jailers have already stopped in, and we thank you for that. Uh, they have a wonderful scratch Midwest kitchen. Check out their menu. Go online, 30bales.com. They have not one but two patios, and it's going to be absolutely gorgeous out for this weekend. So please stop in and have yourself a maybe a bacon blue burger, whatever. Oh, that's yeah. my favorite. It's, oh, it's so good. You it's just triggered wonderful. me, Reavers. Uh, what, do you have their hours? What are their hours now? Yeah, they're open from noon today. Well, I guess they're open right now until 8 o'clock tonight. Or excuse me, 9 o'clock tonight and then 11 to 7 on Saturday and Sunday. Check them out and tell them that you heard about it on the Garage Logic Podcast. Thank you. Yes. Here's John. Here's John Hyde. Yeah. Hi, thanks very yeah. much. I appreciate it. John, what uh, are you getting paid by the word or something here? Come on. News, news up there. Speak up. Spend some of the company's money. Well, I was money. waiting for somebody to introduce me. Here's John oh, Hyde. You're, you're one of thank you, you need to be announced. You're one of announced. those, not huh, John. Please announce me. Now entering the ballroom. <laughs> this John? update. Yes. Have you seen the gal who does the Trump uh, voiceovers? Yes. Her name escapes me. I haven't watched me. one yet. I, I've seen them, but I haven't watched one. They're truly amazing. I guess I was counting on you having watched one because my question was going to be, how in the hell does she do that? I don't know, but she's very funny. Well, does she listen actress. to Trump? Does she yeah. listen to Trump's speeches for an hour yeah. and then get every nuance? I think she does, and I think she probably writes it down and props a script up in front of her. Yeah. Oh my God, they're incredible! Just incredible. I will watch one. Yeah, I will take one in. What's your name, uh, uh, Reeves? Look that up. I will. I will look it up right now. I actually blocked her, so I didn't have to see them. Oh, I love them. I, I love I them. Got, I got sick of them, but she is really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe, I do have a correction uh, for you from the past oh, couple of days. Here I've we been go. listening to the show, of course, and I was on the other day. Uh, the the debt that you keep saying is twenty two trillion. Yeah, it's twenty six trillion now. Oh 26. God. <laughs> We, Great. we had that in the, we had that in the news about two weeks ago. It went up two trillion uh, the first couple of years here of the Trump administration, and now it went up two trillion just because of the stuff that's been going on in the Did last. GLers six get months. mad because of the stuff you say. They have no idea what you put us through. They have no idea. Well, this I, is I, just I, the on-air portion of John. We we fight all day long with you. So like it's twenty six million. Twenty six no trillion. Twenty six trillion. Get it right, dumb dumb. It's a lot of money, isn't it, John? That's that's a yes. lot of money, Joe. It's yeah. a lot lot of money. Her name is yeah. Sarah Cooper, by the way. Sarah, yeah. Sarah yes. Cooper. Yep. Sarah Cooper. She's very funny. She's wonderful. Oh, and by the way, uh, I got a note. I mentioned a comedian Erica Rhodes on the show. She yeah. sent me. She sent me a DM and said she's doing shows at Acme this weekend, and well, she wanted you, to thank us for, for plugging me, her. Uh, how does she know us? Because she follows me, and she's got like a, a 
zillion followers. I How be- does she know us? I believe uh, I used to work with a stand-up comedian on my talk, Colleen Cruz, and I for some reason think that there's a connection there. Um, and hmm. so she started to follow me. Then I think she's got relatives and family in the area, and she's just a fan, which this is cool. This is Keeler's, Keeler's niece? Correct, yes. Yeah. And she's doing shows at Acme this weekend, so I wanted to and, throw in a plug for uh, her. I've watched some of her stand-up she's, stuff. She's, she's really clever. She's very, very funny, yes. Yeah. And she's got the voice, too, so she can uh, play off that, too. Mm-hmm. Here's John Haidt. Thanks, Joe. The U.S. Attorney for Minnesota, Erica McDonald, hosted a meeting with Minneapolis Police Chief Madaria Arredondo and several federal law enforcement agencies to map out a plan to curb a recent spike in violent crime in Minneapolis. It happened on Wednesday afternoon. They met at the Minneapolis Federal Courthouse. It included McDonald, Arredondo, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, Secret Service, Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, Hennepin County Sheriff's, St. Paul Police, and the Ramsey County Sheriff's Office. After the meeting, BCA Superintendent Drew Evans declined to comment, but he did say the state agency was involved in talks, is eager to help in any way they can. Uh, One person who attended the meeting but spoke on the condition of anonymity uh, told our TV affiliate, KSTP, they plan to start rounding up suspects in Minneapolis and Hennepin County beginning on Friday. Let me uh, move forward here. We had that story already. Meanwhile, uh, U.S. Marshals, uh, Joe, you talked about this, have been told they should prepare to help protect national monuments across the country. That, according to an email directive uh, from President Trump, the president has vowed stern punishment for those who vandalize or destroy such structures as part of police violence protests. In an email, Marshall's Assistant Director Andrew Smith wrote that the service, quote, has been asked to immediately prepare to provide federal law enforcement support to, national, uh, to protect national monuments throughout the country. Across the U.S. yesterday, uh, COVID-19 record number of cases, 38,115 reported. That surpassed the old single-day record by almost 4,000. Texas, Florida, and California led the way, with all three states reporting more than 5,000 new cases each. Three states, California, Florida, and Oklahoma, reported record highs in new single-day coronavirus cases. Since the start of the pandemic, the U.S. has recorded 2.3 cases and 119,000 deaths. Johnny, I'm seeing a headline yeah. that uh, Trump staffers and Secret Service are quarantining after the rally. That's news yeah. to me. I did not hear about that. These secrets, there, there's a couple dozen Secret Service people uh, who are being quarantined. Two Secret Service agents tested positive oh boy. after the, the thing, and eight staffers total ended up testing positive. So, yes, wow. there's some quarantining going on with all those folks. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, a cluster of COVID-19 cases tied to young adults drinking in southern Minnesota bars has raised concerns for state health officials, although they say it's unclear whether the infections will cause more hospitalizations and deaths. While young adults are less likely to suffer severe cases, they could be the catalyst for a second wave of COVID-19 in Minnesota, according to Chris Erzman, state infectious disease director. Some of the roughly 100 young adults infected during visits to bars on June 12th and 13th, the first weekend they reopened, work in child care, she said. Others work in health care facilities and with people at greater risk of severe COVID-19. Uh, Joe, I uh, originally poo-pooed your idea, I'm sorry to say, that Mount Rushmore could be in trouble with everything that's going on? Yep. Yeah, well, President Trump's plans to kick off Independence Day with a display at Mount Rushmore is getting sharp criticism. Yep. Native Americans who view the, view the monument as a desecration of land stolen from them and used to pay homage to leaders na- hostile to Native people. 
The event is slated to include fighter jets flying over the 79-year-old stone monument in South Dakota's Black Hills and the first fireworks display at the site since 2009. Several groups led by Native American activists are planning protests for the president's July 3rd visit. Nick Tilson's a member of the Oglala Lakota tribe. He said Mount Rushmore is a symbol of white supremacy, of structural racism that's still alive and well in society today. He said, uh, well, some activists like Tilson want to see the monument removed altogether and the Black Hills return to the Lakota. Others have called for a share of the economic benefits from the region and the tourists that it attracts. Uh, the president has long shown a fascination with Mount Rushmore. South Dakota Governor Christy Noem said in 2018 uh, the president had once told her straight-faced it was his dream to have his face carved into the monument. He later joked oh, at a campaign rally. He later joked at a campaign rally about getting enshrined alongside Washington, Jefferson, Roosevelt, and Lincoln. Nobody and can light people up better than him. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> no. And while it was Noam, a Republican who pushed for a return of the fireworks on the eve of Independence Day, the president joined the effort and committed to visiting South Dakota for the celebration. Wouldn't that monument have its own security force constantly on duty? You would think a so. Park, huh? A park force, maybe? I'll report back. I'm heading out there so. in about a week. Yeah. I would hope it does, yes. Interesting uh, history about the Black Hills, too. It's uh, worth reading about. GLers probably know it already, but it's worth looking up if you don't know the history of uh, how that property changed hands and the way it happened. Hmm. Three Wilmington, North Carolina police officers <laughs> fired Tuesday. Thanks. <laughs> Great story I think you got there, Kenny. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what you got. Yeah. Kenny, well, if you were sitting next to me, I'd have gave you the thumbs up. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm so wary because I always get the hate letters about the know-it-all stuff, and I'm sorry, it's just history fascinates me. I think I, I know why they're called the Black Hills. Why is that, Joe? Well, as you approach oh, yeah. them, and, and you're you're going across very arid gray land, basically, as you're flying across South Dakota, but then there are these pine trees that make the, the future, or the uh, the mountains look dark. See, the yeah. dark. You're, sure. you're not wrong, and here, here I go again. <laughs> oh, I go. You know what? I'm not, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. Come on, GLers, GLers research Kenny, it for yourself. It, it's fascinating. Just research it. Oh, Great can story. I go research it Compelling now? and rich. <laughs> I had to. Uh, three Wilmington, North Carolina police officers fired after a patrol car camera recording of them using anti-black racist slurs and making threatening comments surfaced, making the men the latest law enforcement personnel to face consequences. Officers Michael Piner and James Kilmore, along with Corporal Jesse Moore II, were removed from the force by Wilmington Police Chief Donnie Williams. The two-hour recording, described as an accidental activation, oops, was discovered by a sergeant conducting a monthly video audit. In the recording, the men can be heard discussing recent Black Lives Matter protests with Piner saying he thinks another civil war is coming and would buy an assault rifle to slaughter the protesters, whom he described using a racial slur. Piner also said he wanted to wipe black people, quote, off the map and put them back four or five generations. Well, Gilmore said he had seen how, videos how on social media. How can these two be that dumb? They know they are being recorded. No, they didn't. No, there was, it was an apparently open mic. an accidental activation. Yeah, they had an open mic and they didn't know it. But still, that attitude. There's no room for that attitude. You're anyway. right. Uh, no. Oh. 
Uh, Piner and Gilmore also complained about their black colleagues. Well, Moore, who called the two men on his cell phone, referred to a black judge using a racial slur. The three men were interviewed by the police department as part of the investigation. They all confirmed what they said on the video, but they denied that there was anything racist in the comments, instead claiming they were venting in response to the recent tension around law enforcement. St. Paul St. CHS Field will be opening its gates to the public with its first Friday night films and fireworks series event. Oh, wait, does July. this mean that the cat video festival is over? I hope Maybe. that's been canceled. <laughs> you probably can't get that six-foot uh, social distancing at the cat thing. There's too many people. That's true, on, including Richie's entire family. <laughs> On July 3rd, the Saints will air the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, yes. followed by a red, white, and blue celebration of fireworks to light up the sky, according to a press release. The gates of the field open at 7. The movie starts at 8. Uh, tickets would cost you $15, and the ballpark will utilize four distinct and socially distanced areas for fans. Groups may reserve multiple areas on the field, but have to pay for a minimum of four per space. Johnny, when is that happening? I missed the date. July, July 3rd. Thank you. Mary W. Jackson was once a hidden figure at NASA, but now her name will grace the agency's office in the nation's capital. NASA announcing on Wednesday its Washington, D.C. headquarters will be renamed in honor of Jackson, the agency's first black female engineer who spent decades juggling complex research with pushing for more diversity in scientific fields. Jackson, a Hampton, Virginia native, earned a degree in math and physical sciences in 1942, worked as a teacher, bookkeeper, and army secretary before joining NASA's predecessor, the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics in 1951. She worked on several engineering projects, including ones that involved the supersonic pressure tunnel, and her supervisor suggested she enter a training program to be promoted to engineer. She needed special permission to attend the classes since they took place at the then-segregated Hampton High School. She eventually earned the promotion in 1958. As an engineer, she worked on studies mostly focused on the behavior of the boundary layer of air around airplanes. In 1979, she worked at Langley's Federal Women's Program and advocated for more women and minorities to be hired in math and science fields. She died in 2005. Question for Such. Joe, uh, you with yeah. us? Yeah, I'm here. That, uh, <laughs> that printer we're hearing, is that thing powered by uh, wood or coal? How, oh, how, it's how are you running that? No, it's that plugged old, into the wall. That old steam machine. Got yeah. a little hamster on a wheel, and, mm -hmm. you know. In Canada, a doctor has found his unusual, an unusual way to get to work in Edmonton. Dr. Darren Markland takes a canoe down the North Saskatchewan <laughs> River. I think that's Wait neat. That sounds cool. Yeah. It is neat, but uh, you're going to have to, uh, where do your sensibilities lie here in a minute, okay? Uh -oh. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Markland, an intensive care physician at the Royal Alexandria Hospital, starts his two-hour commute by portaging his canoe behind his bike from his house to the senior <laughs> Wilfrid Laurier boat launch on the west side of the city. When he gets to the river, he detaches the canoe, takes off the wheels, and throws his bike on top of it. In under five minutes of arrival, he's off paddling down the river. With Mark the bike with him. Yes, it's inside. It, is, yeah. it all comes apart, and he can put yep. it back together quickly. He says, I wanted to make an interesting commute. I work shift work. I had the afternoon off and figured, hmm, there's a river, and I have a bike. Some doctors uh, might buy a fancy car after finishing residency. Not Markland. You see, he doesn't even own a vehicle. Oh. In the wintertime, he bikes all the way to work. Uh -huh. Even when it's cold. What I, I've got a number of questions. What if he's? What if it's an emergency? He's on call and we need him here. Stat, as they say. I'll be well, there in two hours. Does, 
He said he works shift work, so I'm guessing he oh. doesn't have emergencies. Okay, and then so. second question, can you imagine how sweaty he gets? Ew. Does he have, uh-huh. is, he, uh-huh. is he down with chill boys? Does he know what's going on with the chill boys? Because <laughs> that'll help that uh, sweaty uh, swamp ass deal. He gets even well, more power to the guy. More power to him. There's my sensibility. Thank you. Hip, hip, he gets he, he gets even sweatier, Kenny, because the last leg of the commute, he docks near where the Edmonton Riverboat would, and then it's uphill to the Royal Alexandria Hospital on his bike with the canoe still in tow. Oh, he, ta- made, he hauls the damn boat with him, too, then. Huh? So yeah. did he yeah. alert the media in order to pat himself on the back, or did was this discovered accidentally? I, I couldn't tell you that, Kenny. I... I don't have that information. Adult film star Ron Jeremy, charged with raping three women and sexually assaulting a fourth on this week. The counts make the 67-year-old Jeremy the third man to be charged, along with Harvey Weinstein and producer David uh, Gilloid, by a task force formed in 2017 to investigate sexual misconduct in the entertainment industry. Jeremy, whose nickname is The Hedgehog, is among the best-known and most prolific actors in the history of adult films, with thousands of credits to his name. His real name, Ronald Jeremy Hyatt. He appeared in court Tuesday wearing handcuffs and a face mask, did not enter a plea. His bail was set at $6.6 million. Whoa. Jeremy's attorney, Stuart Goldfarb, said he's absolutely innocent of all the charges. Jeremy is charged with three counts each of forcible rape and forcible penetration and one count each of forcible oral copulation and sexual battery. If convicted on all counts, he would face 90 years in prison. Uh, The task force has investigated more than 20 men, but Jeremy is just the third to be charged. John, thank you. That was fantastic. That was just fantastic. I understand you're you're not going to be able to stay with us today. I'm not today. I'm sorry. You have uh, you have items on your calendar. I have pressing uh, pressing things to do, as they say. All right. We'll talk to you later. See you next week. Thanks. See you next week. Sober up. Is that what one of them is? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) You know who's back, boys? On email. Who's that? Engi. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. He writes, with the current movement to tear down bronze or other type memorials, I think it's time that the industry branches out to include wax statues. Wax them up and tear them down. <laughs> Regular listener, offside correspondent, Medal of Honor recipient, Engie. He thinks it's a million-dollar idea for the Rook. Uh, wax statues. Say, I, I have a story uh, I want to share with you in a moment. Uh, but first, got to tell you that if you want to go biking, uh, EcoFund Motorsports is the place to go in downtown Forest Lake. It's right on Highway 61 because GLers, man, GLers really rule that Highway 61 corridor. And uh, at EcoFund, you get the Bintelli e-bikes. Tim's still offering GLers the preseason sale prices on Bintelli e-bikes in stock. They also have the scooters, the gas scooters that turn every errand into an adventure. Joe, what uh, if I wanted a bike that could haul a canoe, maybe down a river? Yeah, they sell that's that. What I was thinking, yeah. If you're going to you a bike to haul a canoe that's exactly what you want is a bentelli e-bike get one with the big fat tires five uh, levels of electric assist and you'll be able to tow that thing anywhere you want there you go it'll be fantastic they also got great kids recreational equipment uh, helmets apparel great service department when you're uh 
scooter or bike needs service, uh, you'll get it picked up by Ecofund. They bring it back to Forest Lake, service it, return it to you for a nominal fee. It's really a great way to get your service done at Ecofund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. Open today, open tomorrow, open Saturday. Uh, test drives are always welcome. Test rides are always welcome. So have fun at Ecofund Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Hey, GLers, we have great news. Our friends over at Siren National Golf Club, that Father's Day deal that they had going, yeah, it goes through today. Check this out. They've got a great deal for all of you. Any son or daughter that brings dad to the golf course gets a buy one round, get one for free. Yeah, in other words, you get to play a round and dad's golf is free. That's because Jeff and Sarah are true GLers and they're making this offer good from Father's Day through today. There's more opportunities for quality family time. It's very important these days. The offer is good for either 9 or 18 holes, walk or ride, no added fees or tack-ons. All you have to do is mention Garage Logic when booking your tee time. It's that simple. Siren National, it's just a 90-minute drive from the cities, and it's a beautiful course tucked into the North Woods. Check out a hole-by-hole video tour at the website right now, sirennational.com. It's perfect for both veteran and beginner golfers. It's also extremely affordable. They have price rounds very fair. They want people to have fun without breaking the bank. Book your tee times now, sirennational.com, and tell Jeff and Sarah that you heard about it on the Garage Logic Podcast. Scoot over Body Works and Glass and Shoreviews. I want you to say it with me, GLers. I say it every week. They are a one-stop, family-owned, third-generation body shop. And thankfully, uh, a sponsor, the sole sponsor of Positive Thursday at GL, uh, Mike Schoonover, is on the line. Howdy, Mike. Hey, fellas. Happy Positive Thursday. Yeah, we're doing our best, Mike. We're doing our best. Uh, So I've been thinking about this for a while, and I was hoping to pick your brain today about glass replacement and all that goes with it in regards to sensors and then free replacement policies with our insurance companies. And I, I feel kind of lucky, even though I drive a 2016, it's got no sensors. How does it work when there's sensors in the glass? You don't just pull them off the shelf anymore, right? Uh, that's a good question, Kenny. Yeah, um, cars are getting more and more sophisticated and, and uh, with lane departure and collision avoidance and pedestrian avoidance um it's making them trickier to uh, you know to service so uh so yeah glass does come with a few more options on it and and you got to have a company that's able to identify that and then uh be able to replace that glass properly and then recalibrate those sensors because uh they have to work when you need them to so how's that work with the insurance companies? Because for years and years, and they still do it, where they offer free glass replacement. Is it truly free, or or, or, or are they just eating the cost? How's that, how's that work? No, you have to have glass coverage. If you say you have full coverage, you're, you know, you got your, uh, you know, your liability or, uh, and your collision, and then your, your comprehensive, which is, which is your glass coverage, um, so it's not it's not free. There's no such thing as free anymore, uh, Kenny. Right. Um, and and uh, uh, yeah, you you if you have 
a cracked windshield or you got uh, a stone bruise that's in your line of sight, uh, your, your glass is going to have to be replaced. Uh, and very rarely do we repair glass anymore. I mean, when, repairing broken glass is near impossible, and uh, especially with these cars that are so sophisticated now, uh, there's no repairing glass anymore, so it's generally replacing them. Boy, this is so much more complicated. Uh, thankfully, you guys do it all up there at Schoonover Body Works and Glass, body work, glass replacement, service. Uh, you guys have been at this for 80 years. You're always rated as one of the best body shops here in the metro. And, and we know, uh, everybody. it's obvious, when it comes to body shops, we all have a choice. Our choice here at Garage Logic, schoonoverbodyworks.com. If there was a, a, a better populated newspaper than we currently have, unfortunately, I think an interesting story would be to explore why and how Mayor Melvin Carter uh, got his new hire to be head of public works in St. Paul. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this story, but he's... No, no, what do you mean? He has hired an executive from the Wilder Foundation named Sean Kershaw, who, I looked him up, has never had any experience in public works before, he spent 14 years as executive director of the Citizens League before becoming vice president of Wilder Center for Communities in 2017. He will oversee a budget of more than $162 million and nearly 370 employees. He replaces former public works direct, director Kathy Lantry, who also had no experience. Sean Kershaw's career demonstrates a longstanding commitment to supporting prosperity for everyone in our community, Carter said. His strong background in economic development, engagement, and equity will ensure we continue making vital infrastructure investments for our residents and businesses. What, what does what that have to do with public does, works? Well, yeah, what does that mean? I, I was going to say maybe we should all apply since we don't have any uh, experience well, either. But, I, I, was, I was ready to applaud him for hiring, you know, somebody from outside of uh, public service, but... His statement is baffling. Uh, Kershaw and his his husband, uh, they have two kids. Uh, they live in the St. Paul area. And uh, uh, who scratched who's back here? Why, why would Kershaw uh, leave what sounds like a very prestigious foundation job to take on a public works job that he's never done anything remotely similar to? I don't get it. For, for my benefit, define what is public works. Streets, snow plowing, yeah. okay. curbs, maintenance. Thought. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Street so repair, right you know, sewer, yeah. uh, everything. Everything. The work of building such things as roads, schools, reservoirs, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, carried out by the government for the community. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, not not schools. Well, I guess schools would be involved, but holy mackerel. Uh, Ray of Hope, it's it's positive Thursday. All right, what do you got? Uh, uh, Paul writes, my wife is a teacher at a preschool in Maplewood. Today they had a summer camp for the kids, and it was a capacity event. They made it patriotic. They painted T-shirts of the flag, red stripes, and a blue handprint for the field. The kids loved it. At the end of the day, my wife was handing out patriotic stickers. One little girl was excited to get a sticker of George Washington because she knew he was a great man. Paul. All right. All right. That's Here's nice. Today's Ray of Hope. 
GL geologist Stacy notes 6.0 earthquake central California. Mother is rumbling. Ooh. Mother is rumbling. Uh, and another garage would update. Uh, hail the flashlight king. Hail, hail you. you. Joey, you've been talking about garage wood this past week, and I wanted to give you an update on some garage wood photos that I shared with you in the spring of 2019. At that time, I shared with you photos of wood that had collapsed in my husband's shop. It seems poor storage engineering created quite a heap of unorganized wood. At that time, you suggested my husband had a hoarding problem. I couldn't wait to replay that podcast so he could hear from another person what I had been thinking for a long time. (laughs) Fast forward to the spring of 2020. My husband and I have been dreaming of building a whimsical garden shed. We find ourselves in the middle of a pandemic and all kinds of time on our hands. We decided to dive into that hoarded garage wood and begin the construction of our garden shed. My husband keeps asking when I will write Garage Logic so that he can be redeemed from that shameful title of hoarder. He spent hours ripping down wood to create shiplap for the siding. He boasts that this shed has cost little to almost nothing because most of the wood used in the shed came from pallets that he carefully disinfected assembled and brought home from work sites. You're a hoarder, pal. Our biggest expense has been the corrugated tin, stain, and paint. With that, I introduce you to the COVID hut. And she sent pictures. It's really ah. cool. It's whimsical. <laughs> it's like a little fairy shed. It's it's very cute. Uh, did I say the word cute? You sure did. Yeah, it's, it's it is. It's cute. Aww. I have to I have to step away and say, and say I, I you're wrong. He's not a hoarder. No, he he's saved been, all he, this wood. Yeah, he's he's been collecting that for future use. He didn't know what or when, but he finally put it to good use. That's yes, not he hoarding. did. That's, yes, yeah. You, I'm relieving you of that shameful title. Uh, the rules with the hut. <laughs> The rules of the hut are, there are no rules. The construction and design have been carefully crafted journey of deciding how and what to do as the building progressed. Much like the information and direction we are taking with the COVID-19 pandemic, our plan while erecting this has been a moving target. If you need to have a good cry, you can go to the COVID hut. Need to have some time alone? Go to the COVID hut. Are you fixing to swear up a blue streak? COVID hut. Are you running a fever? COVID hut. But for the time being, we're storing our garden tools and are enjoying the conversation piece as it become. So while some folks use their garage wood to keep trailers in place, test out drill bits or things like that, we have put our garage wood to a permanent functional use. If Reavers gets on the ball, I even plan to hang one of those garage logic flags we are being promised. I have attached photos of the piles of wood and finished product. Thanks again, guys, for all you do to keep us informed. Your wisdom and common sense in these unbelievable times is a breath of fresh air. Chris Nearing in Kimball, Minnesota. Nice. Well, so in other words, there was a method to her husband's madness. That shed is made out of all this garage wood. That's so perfect. That's really a nice deal. I think we're closer to a GL flag from what I've learned, um, since it's really not in the budget uh, of the podcast, that you, sir, are going to step forward and, and throw out about $1,000 or so and get a bunch of these flags made for the GLers. That's well, what but I'm hearing the, off the air, anyway. Yeah, but the flags I envision should be quality, and it would certainly would cost us more than a grant. Well, let's Vic's, Vic's, work, Vic's working on it on his own. Vic has grown so tired tired of us. That Vic's going to handle it. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to come up with, but I'll but talk to Vic when he does. There's whole copyright issues. We can't let him sell stuff. Uh, well, he's not going to sell it. He's trying to work. He's doing the work you morons won't. <laughs> Reavers gets a piece of paper last week and goes, GL flag. Ding, ding. <laughs> we did get a bunch of mileage from that You one. guys, you uh, <laughs> listeners, uh, you might want to, on your own, uh, research a New York Times story. 
It's called A A Minneapolis Neighborhood Vowed to Check Its Privilege. It's already being tested. Uh, I want you to check this story out. It is one of the most precious things you'll ever read. And uh, as Jordy says, the sheep now have to bargain with the wolves. A Minneapolis neighborhood vowed to check its privilege. Uh, It's already being tested. A block from where George Floyd drew his last breaths, residents have vowed to avoid the police in order to protect people of color. The commitment has been hard to keep. It's by Caitlin Dickerson. And it was published June 24th, which would be yesterday. And uh, what we have here is a story of woke neighbors. So woke, they've made a promise to each other not to call the police. Oh, and, uh, okay. I, was, <laughs> I know the answer, but how's that working out for them? It's not working out. No. Uh, it's no. not working out. Uh, the commitment is being challenged. Two weeks ago, dozens of tents appeared in the park. And the, suddenly these woke individuals are, are, are thinking... Well, this isn't working out too well for us. Uh, They do laundry in the park, listen to music, strategize how to find permanent housing. Some are hampered by mental illness, addiction, or both. Their presence has drawn heavy car traffic into the neighborhood, some from drug dealers. At least two residents have overdosed in the encampment and had to be taken away in ambulances. And uh, the influx of outsiders has kept Ms. Albers awake all night, though it is unlikely to happen, she has visions of people from the tent camp forcing their way into her home. She imagines using a baseball bat to defend herself. Not being able to call the police, as she has done for decades, has shaken her. Uh, I'm not going to read you the whole thing. Oh, I'm you not, should. It's too and, long. And she is, it's too long. She is too long. one of the neighborhood, what we call uh, block leaders. And uh, she moved in with high hopes and was living the dream. And uh, things just took an ugly turn. Yeah. Uh, one Her, kid. Got, let me, let ahead, me straighten out yeah. who this is. This is Sherry Albers. She moved three decades ago into Powderhorn Park, a tree-lined Minneapolis neighborhood known as a haven to leftist activists and bohemian artists like herself. Uh, she became a block club leader, organizing her mostly white neighbors to bring in playgrounds and help tackle longstanding issues with crime. And then it goes on to say how she used to deal with people and then call the police. But now they've they're, they've become so precious, they've taken a vow not to call the police. Oh, and it's, it's, it's not working out for her. It's not working out for her. Well, what it's did not these, working out for a lot of people. What did these fools think was going to happen? Well, they, they just think, oh, people are so stupid. How about the... How about the? If I remember right, it's the same guy who uh, the, the kids tried to rob him of his yeah. car. Yeah, there was some confusion over the keys. The kids took off. He called the cops, but then later was really, really sorry yeah. that he uh, called the cops. Yeah, and wished he could have worked something right. out with right. them. Right, right. <laughs> wow. It, it's just only the New York Times could come up with something this ridiculous, and only the residents of Powderhorn apparently could come up with something this ridiculous. Uh, she says, "Not being able." This is Sherry again. Not being able to call the police as she had done for decades has shaken her. I am afraid, she said. I know my neighbors are around, but I'm not feeling grounded in my city at all. Anything could happen. And then she can't She can't go to the phone. It would violate her wokeness. Sure. So in, in, in this precious neighborhood, here's what I'm most angry about. How many how many young kids do we have probably living in that neighborhood? Is I would it imagine a, no. quite a few, I would imagine. Well, that's I think that's covered in, in the story, is it not? Kids... Parents with kids in the park, and yeah, how it's yeah, just yeah. become impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, these now kids you didn't see why I'm leaving. Yeah, these kids didn't sign up for this crap. No. Oh, people are so dumb. But it's uh, it's quite a story of uh, people, to their credit, trying to put their money where their mouth is. 
but it's not going to work out well. And when they put that money where their mouth is, it's going to get taken from them by the guy that knows that there's no cops in the area. Why shouldn't Sherry Albers be terrified of people breaking into her house? And if she was any kind of uh, real woman at all, she'd get to DK Mags and arm herself because a baseball bat might not work. So there you have it. It's just amazing. Shotgun Sherry. Yeah, shotgun Sherry. <laughs> Wow. Wouldn't that be something if it turns into all the all that become armed and hardcore? Well, well, you know, we've been telling that this crowd that for years, and they won't listen, and now they're seeing for themselves. And said, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. I, I mean, are we supposed to run to their aid, or do we just sit here and watch the neighborhood go to hell? And and sadly, Powderhorn the, is Powderhorn is awesome. Yeah. It's a great park. And sadly, too, Kenny, as you well as you well know, the only thing that's going to open their eyes up is if tragically something happens, mm-hmm. and that's the only way that that. Oh. Well, it already happened. It happened last week when there was a shooting at 7 a.m. Oh, yeah. At Powderhorn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's happening. Don't worry about that. It's happening. Uh, there's a lot that's happening that I, I know nothing about, including why did you get a guy from the Wilder Foundation who's never done a thing in public works to be the public works director? Boy, I'd like to know the real story there. Uh, I, I suppose the public works gig pays about a buck fifty. Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, and maybe he wasn't make. Maybe it's a money move for that guy. I have no idea. And we're not given any. Uh, we're not giving given any explanation by the mayor as to why this was the best guy for the job. Wouldn't you think some guy that's been actually on the street for twenty years and has risen through the ranks and has a real handle on the on the infrastructure would be a stronger candidate than some desk jockey at a at a nonprofit? I don't get it. I'm gonna. I'll do it myself. I'll find out. Well, if you had to venture a guess, because I'm pretty sure we all are thinking the same thing, you know damn well what this is about. I don't. You really don't? I don't. You don't think that More diversity? No, you don't think that there's probably a prior relationship between the mayor and this guy that he just hired? Maybe. Of yeah. course there is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. After listening to all this Grunhofer talk and having gone there long before about hearing them on Garage Logic. My wife and I ordered a half beef from Spencer. The three boxes in the picture hold roast, steaks, hamburgers, short ribs, and a brisket. We are looking forward to a summer of grilling and smoking. From the looks of it when we were there, plenty of Rookie Burgers and Reaver's Meatloaf were in stock. Personally, uh, after the quarter beef, the only other thing I was allowed to get was a tube of blue cheese and green olive summer sausage. Take care and good luck, John Pace in Lindstrom, Minnesota. You know, it's really a custom. Uh, it's a custom meat market, isn't it? You can call and order. Hell, you can get a cow. You a can whole get the cow? whole damn cow. Really? I they'll, think they'll bring it to me. They'll bring. Well, you got to go up to Grunhofer's oh. and Hugo and get it. Got it. But uh, entering a great long, warm streak of uh, grilling weather here. Uh, not to mention Fourth of July just around the corner. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on Highway 61 in Hugo is your place to stop for everything you're going to need, for every outing you're going to have, for every gathering you convey. This is going to be the best place you'll ever visit in your life for outdoor dining. Well, outdoor dining? How about indoor dining, outdoor dining? It doesn't make any difference what time of year it is. But let's face it, we're in the heart of some beautiful beautiful grilling season and grilling nights and uh, Grunhofer's is there to take care of you right on the north end of Hugo on highway 61 
Well, for a positive Thursday, it wasn't entirely all positive. But you know what? We did a pretty good job, Made I think. an attempt. We, made had an not, attempt. we had two rays of hope, for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah. I am heading to the outer outskirts of Gumption County, where this nonsense that we live in and live with here could just as well be in North Korea on the other side of the world. <laughs> all right. You're a lucky man. So, so nice in the country. Yep. Hey, don't forget, as you're driving to the country, Kenny, download that PodMN app. It's the only podcast app that's made for Minnesota. There you can find past episodes of Garage Logic and maybe some others about local sports, news, comedy, true crime, and so much more. There's also a chance to win rewards every time you listen. Download the app in your Apple or Google Play stores today. PodMN, listen local. We'll catch you tomorrow on the Garage Logic Podcast.